Time keeps on leaving and we keep on moving. When do we pass on our wisdom to the youth? My veteran story lost our discussions, fireside chats with the bourbon or two. It's time to hear the story by military veterans. Get yourself ready. It's the Lost Arts Podcast. The Lost Arts with Andrew Cox. In a world where digital technology has taken over, the art of storytelling is quickly being lost. But there is one place where the tradition of storytelling still thrives. The Lost Art of Fishing Stories is a collection of one fly fisherman's incredible tales. These stories are sure to capture the heart of readers of all ages. In a time when we are more connected than ever before, The Lost Art of Fishing Stories is a reminder of the importance of sharing stories and connecting with each other on human level. Pick up a copy wherever books are sold. The Lost Art of Fishing Stories, written by Andrew J. Cox. Illustrations by Oni Virginia Bailey. You want a story? You? You want a story? I'll give you a story. Hello, hello. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to the podcast that gives that voice for our veterans. Uh, We're here again. Uh, It's another week, and we're going to do the second part with uh, retired Staff Sergeant from the Army, Robert E. Smith. And so he's going to go in. He In our conversations on the last one, he just retired, and he was talking a little bit about what he did after retirement. So we're going to start there again at retirement and then move on. Bob, how you doing? I'm fine. How you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Can't complain. I'm ready to hear the rest of your story. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's start. Uh, you retired. Uh, you uh, said you went to work there in San Diego. Let's talk a little bit about what happened there. Well, initially, I, I had to get a job because there was no transition time. I had terminal leave, and that was it. Right. Today, you've got transitions. You get, you know, get, before you get the military, you can have something you can go into after the military, which helps you a lot. Right. And so, initially, I, actually, I went ahead, went to Wells Fargo. I mean, uh, I went to get a job as a, as a security guard, in being a supervisor okay. off the bat. They wanted my clearance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it comes in handy. Because I worked at Miramar Air, Air Base mm-hmm. in San Diego for a while, and that definitely required a clearance. Yep. But after a little bit of time, I had I got a you know set up a job to go ahead and work for the U.S. Customs Service, and the trouble was the job was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I had to move myself up there and my family. Okay. When I got up there, I found out I could have stayed in San Diego. Oh, really? Because <laughs> they just opened a position down there. Oh, no. <laughs> I would have been happier. Yeah. But in San Francisco's uh, Office of Investigations, and I worked as an investigator, as a photographer, as well as sometimes an analyst. Okay. Depending upon what was required. And uh, it was fun. Traveled about. 
One time I even flew an airplane to Reno and I drove a car back. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but the fun thing about that, that car was that the speedometer was not right. Yeah. So I'm passing up everybody. I don't mind driving 100 miles per hour, but it said 65. <laughs> and in the process, I uh, they had a speed trap down that way, so I got a hold of one of the police that were over there. Right. And he wanted to know what kind of radio did I have in my car. <laughs> <laughs> we talked for a little bit, but we went. We did some driving to get to your 65 mile. We first go to 65. Tell me what it is. You get to your 65. You tell me what it is. It's 100. Oh, wow. And uh, it's one of the cars we were getting rid of at the time. Yeah. And uh, it was a beautiful car. Had to take the radio out of it, though. But uh, <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. And uh, it was fun flying aircraft also. But there was, a, there was a problem with flying an airplane, though. As you go from California to Nevada... Go towards Reno, right? Well, and t as well as Tahoe, you got some mountains that are eleven thousand five hundred feet up. Okay, not bad. But if you have cloud cover at ten thousand five hundred feet, there's a lot of dirt between you and the other side of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had a, it was a CAP aircraft, Civil Air Patrol. Right. And uh, I let him do the you know checkout and all that stuff. And then we went ahead and flew over the Donner's Pass to get into Nevada. But once we got across the mountains, total beautiful, clear skies. There's no clouds, no nothing. <laughs> wow. All the clouds were on the California side. Yeah. So huh. he ended up flying back alone, not driving that car back. Right. And uh, that's kind of interesting. I previously gone to Reno to do an inspection of the... Uh, Come in, the, our office over there uh -huh. for a certain area. And uh, it wasn't too bad. They, their classified documents and all stuff were good and protection. It was what they required. Yeah. The little they had. But we still had to check once in a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a fun part of that little thing. And you always got to, if you're on the job and you're carrying a gun, mm -hmm. you got an office vehicle, and you go to a, a doctor's appointment. Okay. You protect the weapon, start off with. Don't tell anybody where it's at. Two is that they're going to admit you. I take my car and the gun back to my office, get my car, and get back to the hospital to get admitted. Oh, no. I got stuck for a week over a toe. Really? It was infected. It wasn't, it wasn't count. <laughs> I got bit by something. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Why? Do you know what you got bit by? Like a black widow or something? or Probably black widow or something. Yeah. I'm sure and, it swelled, uh, swelled up the size of a potato. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, thing is, I got out of the hospital, and uh, next morning I'm heading down here because my class reunion, the first one I had to go to. Okay. Your high school? Is that high school? Yeah. I missed the, the 10. I missed the 20. This is the 25th. Okay. All right. And, uh, I met a lot of the, you know, people I knew before. 
Mm-hmm. They're all getting older. Yeah. The girlfriend I had had gotten married three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I was only married once. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I took some pictures of here and there, that, you know, classmates. Right. And saw them again five years later. Okay. Most of them. But the uh, last reunion, uh, there were a set of paternal twins. They were at the other two meetings, mm-hmm. but they weren't at the 50th. Okay. One was there, the other one wasn't. I didn't ask questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all had gone to Vietnam, and we all survived it mm-hmm. in the military. But you can't predict anything else that happens. That's true. Very true. So... In Frisco, uh, I did investigations on the Oakland side, north side of the bay, as well as the south. Whatever you know, the occasion was, I also acted as a photographer mm-hmm. for a few special situations. But after four years, I got kind of tired of that, and I requested a transfer. Okay. So I came back down here to L.A., And I did a lot of the same stuff. Okay. And uh, after four years, at that point in time, my spine, you know, was really giving me trouble. Right. So I went ahead and retired. I I actually resigned, and they retired me. Oh, okay. And then, how many how many years was that with with that organization? Was it it? customs investigations? How long was it that you were with them? Four years. So federal wise, I worked about ten. Okay. Army twenty. Got you. And uh, down here, I did a little drive up. I had to go out to, towards uh, Mount Whitney and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, Mount Baldy. Mm-hmm. That direction, Riverside, other locations. Okay. Little territory that is outside of LA, and uh, a little investigation here. Nothing major as far as my small involvement. I won't say what happened to the other parts. Right. But the uh, there is it was interesting, but my physical times is you know getting wiped out. Mm-hmm. So wh- just that it was quite a while before that before I finally had an operation. Right. Yeah. So what what were some things that you remember working there uh, that were kind of like highlights maybe or uh, lessons learned that you had there? Well, I had two investigations I had to do. And the interview of a certain individual by name, her correct name, I won't say it is, but it also runs into a a character's name on a TV programs. Okay. Two years ago. Same name, but, you know, two different people. Right. Because, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I walked into an office one time and they thought I was building security and taking <laughs> pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and they, uh, they got busted a couple of days later and I wasn't there. Oh, wow. But, uh, you know, a lot of stuff was just real minor stuff, and then if it really got into something else, which I retired before they did some real good damage uh, to certain other organizations, mm-hmm. 
bank accounts and things like that. Right. I wasn't involved with that. I knew of it, but I wasn't involved with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's fun spots. My supervisor, she got on the radio one time and told her there was a little bit of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. And she spun out. And she gets on the radio. She not only told my office, but she also told several other offices up the state and across the country. <laughs> and uh, they end up, uh, at the time period that I pulled the plug, they promoted her to get her off the street. No kidding. <laughs> we had snow in El Segundo. Huh. It was a fluke, but it was there. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. But, but there's, there's a lot of fun things, that, you know. There's, you know, there's danger in all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, if you're used to some things, it's it's nothing there. But you always be cautious because you never know what can happen. Right. So <clears throat> I always still look behind, you know, constantly who's around you. If there's any danger out there, because we have a lot of trouble going out there right now. Mm-hmm. So if you sense something wrong, one, you avoid it. Two is if you can prevent others from getting hurt, you do that too. Right. Yeah. And I'm part of the L.A. Fire Department's Civilian Emergency Preparedness Team. Okay. And what what do you do there? What type of things do you do? Well, if there's an earthquake, you mm-hmm. respond. Okay. If there's a fire, you respond. Mm-hmm. You help out the fire department itself. You also help out the police department. Okay. Depending upon what the requirement is. I spent a week out in the uh, 2009 station fire going back and forth, mm. supporting. Okay. Also going around the area telling people there's a fire two blocks from you. It's a good idea to get out of here. Oh, we got a waiver. Okay. Got back into the car with the other two guys and said, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that was the, the, the wildfires there. that were coming through during then? That was a uh, station fire. Oh, was, station. Uh, okay. I got you. Okay. And uh, you got you got the regular first aid. I've, I've handled gunshot cases. Mm-hmm. And by being on the spot, <laughs> that's why you kind of try to be, make sure everything's kind of peaceful and quiet around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't predict it. True. So, be observant of what you have going on around you. Any and all safety factors you have, be prepared to respond immediately if needed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, truthfully speaking, have a guardian angel watching over you. <laughs> that It's always good to have a guardian angel. That is for sure. It's, it's or nice. More. <laughs> or, or more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's always nice to, to know that there's something else there kind of watching out for you and helping you through things. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I believe that and I feel that way. Uh, you know, not everybody does, but that's how I feel. So I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, I know so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so you work for or you're uh, doing the stuff for the L.A. Uh, Fire Department, right? Um, yes. Now you said you have uh, 
what other things have you worked on and projects and stuff like that have you done moving forward at that point? What what types of things are you doing? Well, I am a photographer, and I've got currently I've got photographs on display. In fact, is in Janice Hans' office. I have about four photographs on her walls. Mm-hmm. There's a art association in San Pedro. I have currently six photographs and one oil painting on display. Okay. I've taken photographs of historical events. Mm-hmm. You've got the Civil War reenactments at a couple of locations. I've been there. Calico Ghost Town. I've taken photographs of the, the Western Town. Okay. And I do reenactments of the Spanish time period, the American Mexican War time period. Right. Aviation of 1910. Going through, used to, at Fort MacArthur, used to have the Great Air Raid in 1942. Mm-hmm. Everybody would get dressed up, World War II clothes, the music. They would have the uh, speakers going off and like shooting in the sky, which right. really did happen back in 42. Mm-hmm. It was not the Japanese. It was just somebody who messed up and their radio didn't work. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> he survived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the thing is that uh, other, a few other time periods. Okay. I've only done Vietnam once or twice. Mm-hmm. And World War Two at the uh, U.S. of Iowa here, they did reenactments for the first couple of years. I'm not sure if they're still doing it. But... A cousin and I were dressed up as World War II pilots. Wow. We had some kids, teenagers, as 82nd Airborne. Mm-hmm. And I gave one of the kids my jump wings. Found out the next time, he was a cousin. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> Small <laughs> world. Quite a few cousins. Yeah. Small world. That's pretty wild. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also try to help the, the, the homeless whatever I can. Okay. I've given out a couple of tents, sleeping bags, and yesterday I gave out another blanket. Nice. I have I keep in my car to give out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little things like that. Yeah, and those that's that's a very good point that you make. There is is uh, there's not enough of that going around. Uh, you know, everybody, we're all part of this this world. Some people are on hard times. We need to try to look out for those individuals, and you know, when we can give and help them out, we should do that. You know, that's. That's the way I see it, and uh, hopefully we can uh, start moving in that direction more positively uh, here in the future. Okay, so um, at this point, like, uh, what are some other things like you that you would like to discuss to go through? Uh, would you like to uh, like words of wisdom, anything of that nature that you have for any of the listeners? Well, as I said before, it's a good idea to have a sense of humor. That uh, be not. I mean, today you have to be politically correct. But if you do make a joke, make sure it's understood and it's polite. Always polite. Right. It's like uh, the you know the males and females wearing holy pants. Yeah. <laughs> I I said they've been praying a lot. They're getting holy. <laughs> right. And I had to explain that to a couple. Uh huh. No problem. Uh, you don't disrespect anybody. Mm-hmm. If you can help them anyway. You try. Mm-hmm. Well, today I helped a woman that's somewhere in her 90s with her trash can. Somehow she got it tipped upside down. Oh, wow. She's not going to be able to take it. 
only had you know, like 20 feet to get into your, you know, your uh, driveway. But mm-hmm. I saw it. I, I heard noise. And then I looked and I went over there and took care of that. Right. So if you can help somebody out, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times you just get a simple thank you. Mm-hmm. That's all that counts. You don't need a lot of things. But uh, be nice and hopefully if you get to that stage, somebody would do that for you too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. That's that's a good words of wisdom right there. Um, all right. So, uh, is there anything else uh, that you want to go into? We can if you want. Uh, but I do have some questions from viewers, uh, or not viewers. They're not looking at us, but listeners uh, <laughs> that uh, have come up, and we can discuss those uh, questions if you would like. Okay. Questions. 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 All right, so um, one of the questions, you know, you being that you have retired before, uh, somebody says, how do you know when it is time to retire or get out? What what advice would you give somebody for that? Well, sometimes it's definitely your age. If you've got to a point that you're not going to get promoted or your ambitions aren't exceeding to a certain point, and you, you've lost interest. So sometimes you quit a job or retire or you transfer. Mm-hmm. Make some kind of a change there. The timing, though, still depends upon a lot, a lot of conditions. Because mm-hmm. you might want to, like the military, you might want to stick for 30. You might right. want to do one, you know, three years, reserve or active. It depends upon you, your conditions, what your jobs are, sometimes the assignments. So you can only do is weigh all that together, and if you feel that you're going nowhere, there is no prospect beyond that point. You might want to retire. Right. That wasn't my option. I had my personal part. I try to keep a family together. Mm-hmm. So the military is extremely hard to keep together. Also, like law enforcement, firemen, yeah, and certain other occupations, it's very hard. Your family takes a toll. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I I will tell you that uh, in my my experience, I'm 25 years now in the in the Marine Corps, uh, and and I try to tell everybody this is um, the Marine Corps or your job, whatever it is, is not forever. Uh, you should look at it as if your family is forever. Make decisions based off of that. Uh, and then everything that you do in the military does affect your family. Everything you do with your family affects what you do in the military as well. So uh, having that fine balance between the two and then just knowing that, hey, when the big green machine called the Marine Corps, you know, once I retire, they're going to continue to move on. And the day after I retire, somebody is there to take my place. And a couple of weeks later, they're going to forget my name and they're going to move on. And I'm going to move on as well because I've devoted my life to saying, okay, my family's forever and making sure that I have that. And, you know, I would definitely tell the viewers that, or listeners that that's, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, that, Hey, that job isn't going to be there forever. Yeah. You don't do it. Somebody else will. That's right. That's right. There's always somebody else right behind you raring to go and ready to take your job. So, well, you hope that's the case anyways. <laughs> and hopefully do a better job, maybe. Right, least, yeah. Uh, a different uh, aspect. Well, 
I did a report one time. It went up through the channels. It went to a certain agency in Virginia. Uh -huh. It came back, and a colonel asked me, would you like to take a look at this document? Had a new byline, new agency, uh -huh. with my document word for word. <laughs> Are you serious? No kidding. Yeah, somebody, uh, somebody was uh, taking your credit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just for the you know formal little request that uh, would you mind have the guy next time write his own report? Make changes, <laughs> do something. Yeah, update uh, something. He got, he got reprimanded. <laughs> oh, did he really? Wow. Well, I you know that's actually a good thing. You know, it, it does happen. People try to take your credit. Not not a good thing. I uh, you know so. Good thing that something happened there at least, because a lot of times that does not happen. There's just they just well, let it slide. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I got a, I got another question here. Um, it says, how do you tell someone what they need to hear without losing their friendship? Well, if you know the person, you have a good idea how what they, what they like and don't like. Mm -hmm. And you try not to cross over those lines. And I'll use politics. You got Democrats, Republicans. You got all the other policies, and their part, their their party can do nothing wrong. Yours does everything wrong, but you have you think that yours is better than theirs. So sometimes it's a very tight area to make a comment, but do it politely, and don't scold out. If you can, uh -huh. but if you have evidence of something being wrong by one part or the other, it, you should be able to present it in a careful but correct way of doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> That's a true statement. Now, I I would say that uh, when whenever you're dealing with with your friends, that you know maybe you have to correct whatever the case is. Um, there's definitely a, uh, I guess, a more politically correct way of addressing it. But having an understanding with people that are your friends and saying, hey, look, when we're at the job and we're doing this thing, like I'm I'm in charge and we're going to do it this way. And you're just going to have to accept that. But you have to have an agreement. You know, I had a buddy that was like that. Uh, I was took over as the, uh, the officer in charge of the unit and he was taken over as a senior enlisted. And, uh, he was much older than I was, you know, he was one of my mentors as I was growing up through, you know, through middle age, uh, or, uh, middle school to high school. Uh, I just joined the Marine Corps before him. So it just so happened that I was, you know, put in charge of him. And, uh, so we had an understanding and we just talked it out before he even got there and said, look, you know, when push comes to shove, you know, I'm the one that puts the name to it. So, you know, what I say goes, I'll listen to you. Uh, but once I say this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. And we just had an understanding. So if there's any time that I had to make a correction, I would just kind of uh, go into his office, close the door and say, all right, this is one of those times. Here we go. And but that was our understanding, you know, uh, and it worked out well. We're still best friends and uh, that'll never change. So uh, but that's something that you just got to have. You have to have an understanding and make sure that, you know, you're discussing that. Well, it's if you pop up with a, you, you see a, an article, I'll say, it pops up on your your phone, your mm -hmm. internet, and you disagree with that, meantime, you, the two of you are watching it, 
Right. And you got two different opinions. Now, one might have more insight into what the whatever's going on there. And in that case, maybe you need to spell it out and say, this is what happened. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Politicians that I don't agree with, but uh, I have a little problem there. I have all U.S. presidents, my cousins, but two. Yeah. <laughs> Van Buren and Clinton. Yeah. All the others are my cousins. So I don't necessarily agree with their policies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, and, and you're not going to agree with, you know, everybody on everything. That's never going to happen. I mean, you look like you're saying in politics, like, you know, we have the far left, the far right. Uh, but I would say the majority of America is more in the middle. Uh, but I think things are very polarized now. Uh, but, you know, I, I know, I look at my, I got buddies and friends that are far left. I got buddies and friends that are far right. And I can shoot the shit with them and have a good time any, any day of the week. And, and we can work out our differences and we just kind of overlook, overlook things and like, yeah, okay, that's what you believe. I believe this. And then high five and have a nice day. You know, that's yeah. what we try to do at least. Well, that's the only one I, I have a, once in a while because a little disagreement on politics. So yeah. they got a few other items here and there that occur that should never occur outside. Mm-hmm. So you make a comment about that situation being a very bad, whatever it might be, or it may be whatever it might be, a good, whatever it might be, and the other person, you know, you got two different points of view. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, you uh, work out the deals and, you know, on the job, we, we do this outside. You know, if I make a wise crack, don't be offensive. It's just a little joke or something like that. Yeah. 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 I, so you've got to work out all that stuff. Yeah. I, I will say also, uh, what I've learned over time is, um, there's a certain group of like, for me, when I was growing up in the military, that there's a core group of individuals that all came in around the same time. And the way we communicated with each other uh, is completely different than how the newer generations are communicating. So there is a generational gap every time that, uh, you know, as you move them forward in time. Uh, so from the time that I got in to the, now that I'm getting out, uh, we would just literally talk shit back and forth to one another that was like what we did we just call each other names and we, anything negative that you could say about somebody we would say to each other now we're best buds and behind their back i'm going to say all great things and how awesome they are and stuff like but to their face no we don't do that uh, but you take the newer generation as they're coming in now and that's that they cannot handle that type of uh, confrontation uh or negative speaking about one another um but and that's just a generational thing. And, and that's one of the reasons that, I, hey, it's time for me to move on because I, I can't relate to as, as good nowadays uh, as I did, you know. And, and that's one of the things, like, we, we go back to that question of when do you know it's time. Uh, for me, that was, that's the one that I knew. It's like when I had a hard time relating to that individual, it's like, okay, you know what? It's time for me to, to look at other things and move on and, and let those younger guys come in and do it. And, um, but that's just one of those things. And I'll still talk smack to my buddies uh, all day long. Uh, but, uh, not everybody appreciates that. So, but you also have, have to have respect if it's an on job project, mm -hmm. total respect and your points of view really don't matter. You think about it, but you hold back if you, if 
it's something. You can always talk later about it. Yeah, true. But if it's off the job, that gives you leeway to be a little more friendlier. But you also still have the thing about between enlisted and officers. Yep. And you've got your definitely, you know, definitely dividing between that. Mm-hmm. That's, and, that's uh, true. It's respect at all times. Yeah. Even if it's a, a bad comment, be nice about it. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's very important. I've learned my lesson over time. I've said some things, inappropriate things when I wasn't supposed to. Um, I, I got slapped around for it uh, like I should have. And, uh, you know, make the correction. You move on and you just hope for the best at that point. Uh, and hope that that other person sees that you, you've made a change and you're moving in a different direction. Uh, sometimes that works out. Sometimes not so much. Uh, sometimes people hold a grudge. Uh, I know that for me personally, I try not to hold grudges. Uh you know, I'm not perfect, but I try. Um, I can be in an argument with somebody one second, five minutes later, I'm like, yep, okay, it's over. You know, I said my piece, I, I'm done. Uh, but not everybody's like that, you know, and I've, I've definitely learned that over time. I, I can also learn this thing. You get into an argument and there's no way out of it. Mm-hmm. You, all of a sudden you, you stop. Let's talk about something else. Yeah. What else can we do right now? Mm-hmm. And then later on, after you had a little time to think about it, why did we argue? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, can go, that can help a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And if it is between a, a junior and a senior, then uh, there's got to be definitely understanding if, it's, definitely, if you haven't really crossed the border mm-hmm. with respect and whatever it might be. Goes, but it does, respect does go both directions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I That's that's 100% right there. Right? Uh, if you don't have respect for somebody, uh, you know, then you need to look at yourself. Like, what is the reason that I don't have respect for somebody? Uh, because a lot of times it's, it's you, you know. Uh, that doesn't mean it's always that way, but uh, that is a, a good portion of it, you know. Uh, you got to look at yourself and... Am I the reason I don't have respect for that individual? Um, you know, sometimes I don't know. It's hit or miss, I suppose. Well, it could be timing as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five seconds of going into a discussion could go either direction. It could be that there's a few more words that you say you heard, you read on a screen or something like that that made the difference, mm-hmm. and your point of view went right there, and the other person didn't see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like like watching a movie. Uh, there's many a times that I get something out of a movie or something out of like that, and then like my wife, she gets something completely different. She says one thing, I say another, and you, it was like, yeah, I don't see your point of view, you know, until you talk about it, and then you you know you kind of you start to see that other side, you know. Uh, and relationships in the military is the same way, you know. You're not always going to see eye to eye. But in the military, there is a still you got the respect, you got responsibilities, and everything else to go with it. Right. Yeah. So you got to know your boundaries mm-hmm. and what you can do and you can't do. And if you do cross the line, understand you might have repercussions. Very true. Yeah. I now I've like I said I've stepped over the, the lines once or twice. I'm a little more aggressive on some things. Uh, and, and I've, you know, I've gotten slapped around for it and, you know, 
the, my bosses come in and give me the what for and like, hey, you shouldn't do this, whatever, right? Okay, I accept it for what it is. You know, it's a butt chewing. I'm going to move on, not not the end of the world. Uh, speaking of that, uh, one of the questions that somebody had was, uh, how do you recover from uh, a butt chewing, right? How, I, like, what is the, <laughs> how do you recover from that? You know, that that's always a good question that people have. And, and I, I, what's your point of view on that? Well, it depends upon what it, the subject matter is. Uh, <laughs> well, firstly, if you're getting chewed out by a general, you better stay right there and accept anything that's being said. Yeah. When you can walk away, you can, you know, whoo, or you know, something. Yeah. Uh, either you pick up and make the corrections, or you could be in more trouble if you continue doing it on. You know? Yeah. So... Getting chewed out till it's a one-time event, mm -hmm. or one subject rather. Yeah, and uh, it's not always minor, but it can be just a real minor thing and mm -hmm. just a point of view at that moment. Right. So you technically you you walk away and you feel that you, if you correct the problem, no problem. If it's uh, something you cannot correct, then you might ask for help. Yeah. To include for the individual who chewed you out. Yeah, absolutely. Can I please talk to you about this? And then you find out, you know, what was said, done, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know of a, a friend or a cousin who's got a particular problem with a a, a commander. Mm -hmm. So was the commander, from what I understand, from what I've I've seen, is wrong. Right. But if you don't outrank him or don't get somebody above that person to respond to it back, you know, back towards it, mm -hmm. it's not going to get solved. You will still be in trouble no matter how good you can do things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, like in the, in Korea, when I chewed out a command sergeant major for a justified thing. His retaliation was he did not recommend a humanitarian medal for me for a, an act I did. Oh wow, yeah. So I wrote it. I wrote it off. Mm-hmm. And it happens. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. With the uh, w with that whole whole situation is uh, I always say it's like um, getting your butt chewed is like water off a duck's back. So, you know, duck swimming on the water, goes under the water, comes up, and it just beads off, right? Uh, and I tell my young Marines as they're coming in and, and stuff like that, and I'm giving them briefs, whatever. And I say, there's going to be people that get upset in the moment. And that may erupt into a not-so-pleasant conversation, probably one-sided at some point. Uh, and if that happens, grab the important words, Right. Don't grab the, you know, them calling you names or, you know, all the stupid things that could happen. Don't grab those things. Don't worry about them. Water off a duck's back. Just let that float off. But those important ones like you showed up late, man, grab that one. Yep. OK, that's important. I need to know that I got to show up on time. Right. And, you know, but it's simple things like that. And I try to get that point across to him. But a, a butt chewing is just a somebody mad. Yeah. Somebody mad at that moment in time. And, and it's that's them venting their frustration out on you. Uh, so I don't, I don't take them personal. Uh, like if somebody chews me out, uh, you know, I've definitely had my fair share of them because I've done some stupid things over time. Uh, so 
I, I, I'd much rather have that, have a butt chewing, than have paperwork. Uh, yeah. Like in a heartbeat. I'd take that any day of the week. Depending on what it is, you if you can avoid it, whatever the conditions are, mm-hmm. or you talk and find out what the problem really is. Yep. But it may, it, the butt chewing may have actually been off somebody else just that you got caught in the flat. <laughs> that's true. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, things are going to happen. You're going to get chewed on every now and again. Uh, you know, just like I said, try to try to take it with a grain of salt. And It's not the end of the world. You're going to be able to push on, uh, and hopefully you learn something from it. Um, you either learn what not to do <laughs> in the future, from that leader, whoever's chewing you out, uh, or you learn the the point that they're trying to get across to you. So, and then you just try to move on from there. All right. Well, that uh, kind of brings us to the end here. Is there anything else that you would like to pass on to the listeners? Um, anything else that you would like to discuss before we get off of here? Well, the military is an adventure. That was something that was told to me a long time ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, Different assignments, or you got different conditions, mm-hmm. and you get you know, you got your war zone situations itself is unpredictable, right? But your peacetime assignments, they're more you you could say predictable, and you can you might get a chewing out here and there, or you might get a thank you and a recommendation. Mm-hmm. So, judge you your best. Yeah. And also help your buddies because in combat, your buddies are your support and you are their support. Very true. Yeah, those are all great points. I 100% agree with all that. Um, Yeah. Well, hey, um, Bob, I thank you for coming on here. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule uh, to do this. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot of stuff going on. Um, but this is, uh, one of the things that I want to try to make sure that we're doing is, is giving that voice to, uh, the veterans, a platform for you to come on and just kind of tell your story. Uh, cause I think it's important that the veterans get their, uh, stories told. So, you know, uh, future generations can hear that, uh, active duty that are listening right now, they can get some lessons learned and be able to maybe move forward and, and, uh, have a little bit easier career. So I appreciate you coming on, uh, been a been a blast listening to your stories, listening to all your great advice. Uh, so I truly appreciate you coming on. Also, uh, well, today's VA itself and the, the programs they have are a lot better than they were 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Better assistance for those that are in combat or sometimes any situation that there's a, some kind of a trauma, you might have PTSD or brain tra- you know, the other term. Mm-hmm. And there is help. So if you feel that you do have a problem mentally, seek help. Because uh, it might just be a five-minute talk and it actually help you. For me, out of Vietnam, I listen to music. I stay busy. Mm-hmm. And that helped. I had my Army job. I had my civilian goofing off. And uh, but I listened to music. Until I mentally slow down. Yeah. And uh, do your best. And uh, if you do need help, seek it. 
Absolutely great advice. Uh, and like you said, there's the VA programs out there to help with all that type of stuff. Um, all you got to do is just walk in. You can go anywhere, any medical facility, anything like that, and just say, hey, I need help. And uh, somebody's going to help you out, uh, especially if you're a veteran. The VA is fantastic. They have or uh, things set up specifically for that. Uh, there's telephone numbers that you can call. You can like look up the VA. Uh, while we're sitting here talking about it, I can actually see if I can pull it up. But um, there's tons of places or tons of things that you can do through the VA. They have apps that you can go to. Uh, they have PTSD apps, uh, uh, a, an app called Mindfulness. So you can, uh, you know, it helps you to kind of focus and, and take time to breathe and do things like that. Um, let's see here. Yep, I'm having a hard time finding what I was looking for. But it's not coming up for me. Uh, yep, I, I can't get it to come up right now. Um, I, I'll have to, for future uh, podcasts, I'll, I'll have to put it on there but and talk about it. But yes, there is definitely hotlines that you can call to uh, be able to help. If all else fails, shoot me a message. Uh, you, you got uh, Facebook. Uh, if you're listening, shoot me a message. Uh, it's not going to hurt my feelings at all. Uh, I promise you I will do my damnedest to help you out. Uh, so I, I'm there. Um but uh, yeah, absolutely, they're there for us, huh? I just typed in VA assistance programs, and get you a VA hospital or medical facility near you is one. Got different programs, programs yep. for veterans, and home care, housing assistance. Yep. There's all kinds of programs out there. Absolutely. Yeah, it, the VA has definitely come a long way over the years, and uh, and I think they're even improving every single day. Um, so I'm going to try at some point in time to get some, uh, hopefully a VA rep uh, to come in and maybe uh, uh, give some uh, some advice when you're dealing with the VA and and uh, also uh, dealing with claims. Uh, that's another big one uh, that the veterans need to know about. So I'm going to try and find, locate somebody like that. Uh, some of those veteran service officers that are out there, uh, maybe they can. I can get somebody like that on to kind of talk through a lot of that stuff as well. My problem is that I filed when I was still on terminal leave mm -hmm. in the Army, and it took till my spinal operation to get my 100%. Wow. No kidding. 30, 31 years. I, I was getting parts. Uh -huh. I had e equal to by... But that operation gave me actually a 100. No kidding. Yeah. I, and there's a, there's a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, I've got, I've got a buddy that works in the VA and, and he's told me, you know, kind of tricks of the trade type of deal. Uh, and I won't say that there's always a way, <laughs> but <laughs> depending on how you word things and how you're going in and approaching it, uh, definitely, uh, you know, the VA doctors, when they're looking at it, they're looking at it in a specific way. Uh, so if you're going in saying something different, then, you know, it may not mesh with what they're thinking. Uh, so learning how to talk their language and be able to relay your information to them is very, very vital because uh, uh, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. Uh, <laughs> my buddy was, he's trying to explain stuff to me. I'm like, yeah, I got nothing. I don't know what that is, you know? So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'll try and get somebody on there like that on. Uh, but yeah, it's been great talking to you. Um, I have, we're gonna, one thing. Yeah, go ahead. The, uh, the transitions, the military transitions to civilian life, 
there are programs right there that you know you need to seek if you are going to retire or you're going to just leave the military after your term of service seek through the education systems you know whatever it might be absolutely tons of programs out there uh depending on what state you're from you can get college uh like state college paid for uh being a, a veteran uh, if you get a hundred percent you get so much uh there there's all kinds of stuff out there, um, uh, programs to be able to get you into jobs, uh, things like that. The, I know the military is doing fantastic with that right now. Um, you're giving you tons of extra time to be able to do that, uh, which wasn't there before. Um, so there are programs, so you just got to be uh, looking at it and trying to find those things out. So. Well, thank you for the interview. Hey, no, thank you. I, I learned a lot from you. I appreciate you coming on. And I learned that I should have probably stayed a little bit longer. Not so much where I knew I would be at. One of four locations. Uh -huh. But uh, the reason why I went into the military, or stayed in the military, and the reason why I left are two different things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 your priorities change over time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Weaver, I'm going to have to wrap it up here. I appreciate you again for your time. Uh, everybody that's out there listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, stay tuned for more more of my veteran stories and also uh, more of the fireside chats as we go forward. Uh, stay motivated. Change your socks.